Amen, amen. Is that how you feel this morning? No turning back. It takes a decision, amen, to live for Jesus. Don't you know that? Hallelujah. And that's the topic of my message today. Decide why others delay. How many know that we're living in a world today that there is an anticipation of something that people really don't know of? We know it's the return of the Lord. But if you talk to people that are only even in church, they know that they can feel something. They can sense something. They know about the returning of the Lord. But a lot of times it's like the people are just, you know, standing off a little bit. You know, they're just standing to the side. It's like when Elijah went up to, uh, was uh, there on the mountain and he was uh, there battling with the, with the um, servants of Baal. And he asked the people, he said, you know, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? He said, if, if God be God, then serve him. And if Baal be God, serve him. You know, how long? But the, the Bible said they answered him nothing. And they're just kind of stepping back. You know, after the fire came down and consumed the altar, then they all said, yeah, we, we go with God, you know. But <clears throat> we need to realize that we need to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. And there's no turning back. Hallelujah. We've come this far, folks. There's no turning back. Amen. I want to stay with Jesus, don't you? I give honor to Bishop this morning. He's uh, sick this morning. So I wonder if we could just lift a hand and ask the Lord to touch Bishop Myers. God, we love you, Lord. Touch our bishop today. God, heal his body of this uh, sickness, Lord. We know that you're on the throne. You're able to do all things. We love you, Lord. We believe in you. We trust in you, Almighty God, for you are great, O Lord, and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Love, Bishop, don't you? Amen. <clears throat> I was um, listening to this, I guess it was some kind of a prophecy update or whatever it is, uh, this, this weekend. And they, I heard on there where they said that China has this social scoring system that they're putting in place. And that kind of got my attention. And as we all know that one of these days that there's going to be some kind of a system put in place where if you don't have the mark, you're going to, you won't be able to buy or sell. But in this social scoring system, they are going to, and they hope by 2020 to have everybody under this system. And it's not a financial one because a lot of people in China don't have bank accounts, but this is a social one. So if you're caught jaywalking, you get a deduction off of your social score. And I think they said they started with everybody starts with a thousand points. If you don't pay your fines, and uh, then you get deductions for that. And if you're found at a religious function, uh, then you get deductions for that. And they said already 17 million plus are not allowed to ride on airplanes in China because of this social scoring system. They're considered bad citizens because maybe they don't pay their taxes or they, they're not working and this social sc scoring system is keeping track of all that. And eight, I think it's at four or five million plus are not allowed to ride high speed trains. And so it's just very interesting to me how um, we see the world and so many things are happening that we can't even really keep up with all of them, amen? But with, it's all pointing to the signs of the soon coming of our Lord 
and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. To think that the United States isn't far behind that because we already have that system set up, right, with your credit score. So it's something to that effect. Amen. So we know that the Bible is true and that there is going to be a one world government. Amen. And that there is going to be a one world monetary system and that there is going to be a one world religion. And so in some of the high schools, uh, they already have this, what they call face to faith, face to faith, F-A-I-T-H. And they have the, the kids sitting at a computer and they're communicating with somebody in another part of the world that might be a different religion. They put Christians with Muslims and Muslims with Christians and Hindus with Muslims and so forth. They put you with a person that's a different religion than you are. And they are encouraged to talk about your similarities of your religion and not to discuss the differences of your religion. So isn't that interesting? What they're trying to do is to try to make everything inclusive. You're okay. I'm okay. We're all going to the same place. We have different avenues in which we get there. Amen. But we need to realize that When we stand for Jesus Christ, amen, that's an exclusive belief. And they don't like that, amen? But I don't know about you, and basically I do know about you because you're here today, but I have decided to follow Jesus, amen? I think it's going to take a made-up mind. I think it's going to have to take a premeditated determination within us To say, this is what I'm going to do. My wife and I were talking, you know, about, you know, if things come, you know, and how you kind of get scared about it, but it makes the arms, the hairs on your arms stand up when you think about all the things coming. You know, what if they, you know, take your grandkids or something like that? And I said, you know, we talked about that. We were just saying, it takes a predetermined mindset. I have decided to follow Jesus. And um, hopefully the Lord's going to come soon. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, and get us out of this mess. Amen. But until he does, I know that no matter what we go through, his grace is sufficient. His grace will see you through. But you have to have that determination within yourself. I have decided to follow Jesus. Amen. Decide why others delay. Amen. One thing the psalmist said in chapter number 27, one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He's desired it and he's going to seek after it and just stay in the church. Amen. Stay in the church. I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning, but seek after God and I may behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. We'll find the answers to what we need through the preaching of the word and the teaching of the word of God in God's house. Amen. Praise the Lord. For in the time of trouble, he will hide us in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle, he's going to hide us. Hallelujah. He shall set me upon the rock. Hallelujah. While all other things around us are sinking and going in the wrong direction, we are set upon the rock 
of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful to be in the church? Amen. Hallelujah. Stay in the church. Desire it. Seek after it. It's not a time to let up. It's not a time to hold back. Amen. But we need to be going full throttle for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This world's not getting any better. Amen. But he will set us upon a firm foundation. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies. It's time for the church to arise and take its rightful place. Amen. To lift up our heads. We don't have to go around with downtrodden heads and discouragement and despair. We have the answer to the world's needs. Amen. And it's called Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's the gospel that we bring, which is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies around about me. Therefore, I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. Hallelujah. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Sometimes it's a sacrifice. Amen. Sometimes you don't really feel like it. Amen. But when you come into the house of the Lord, you just begin to worship him and to praise him and to glorify him. I wonder if we could do that right now. Just lift a hand up to him. God, we love you. God, we praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Almighty God, we thank you, Lord, that we're set upon the firm foundation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, mighty God. We praise you, O oh Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Joshua said it like this. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, hallelujah, the great statement that we quote all the time, and my house. We will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Have you made that determination? Have you made that decision that you're going to serve the Lord? It seems as though the door is kind of slowly closing, though. You know, like the time to get in to the church. It seems like, you know, you're going to have to draw a line in the sand, if you will. You're going to have to get into the church. Amen. And we need to realize that it's being forced upon us. And to uh, think that they want all the religions to be exclusive, amen, but thank God, or inclusive, I'm sorry, but we are exclusive. We are Jesus only, hallelujah. There's only one way, hallelujah, and that's Jesus Christ and Him crucified, hallelujah. Decide while others delay. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. God is working on us. We have to remind ourselves sometimes that God loves us, 
and that we have purpose. Otherwise, you just kind of go through the motions of life and you just kind of go through the motions of the day and you feel a little empty and you feel a little useless. But we need to keep Christ at the center of our attention. Amen. Because he is working upon us. He's got a purpose for us and he's got a desire for us to do his will in our lives. God hath has before ordained that we should walk in these good works. Amen. God's got it all planned out. In other words, God knows what he's doing. Amen. Verse 11 says, wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, not and were called uncircumcised by that which is the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. In other words, we were the Gentiles. We were not part of the Israelis. Amen. But verse 12 says is that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Can you imagine, we've now, but he says in verse 13, I'll finish this, but he says, but now in Christ Jesus, he who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. We were sometimes afar off. We were without hope. Can you imagine, I can't even imagine living in this world without God. And uh, the, most of the world is doing it. And I don't know how they do it other than that there is a peace in the world. There is a peace that's not the peace of God. But we need to realize that God has died for us and that he has shed his blood for us so that we can be drawn nigh to him. Amen. Second Corinthians 4, 7 says like this, but we have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power, everybody say power may be of God and not of us. Amen. Matthew says it like this. He says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is heaven is in heaven. Amen. We want to talk about going to heaven. Amen. And I, I want to go to heaven. Don't you? Amen. I, I wish he would come today. Amen. But the reality of Christ coming to earth is bringing heaven to earth. Amen. And our purpose as we walk in this world is not just to think about how we're just going to get to heaven, how we're going to get to heaven, but our purpose is to bring heaven on earth. Jesus even taught him to pray in Matthew chapter six, after this manner, therefore pray ye our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Amen. It's God's desire to bring heaven down to earth. In other words, we need to be the, the ambassadors. We need to be the ones that are going out there and letting people know and to understand that they can have God in this world that we're living in. Amen. We can have that treasure in an earthen vessel that already really puts us into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And we're just here journeying through until the Lord calls us home. But while we're here, we have this um, mission that we're on. Ephesians 3 says this. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritually, spiritual blessings in heavenly places. 
In Ephesians chapter 1, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the, the revelation of the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened or open, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of His glory of His inheritance to the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power? Everybody say power. To us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world that is to come. We have power over all principality, power, and dominion, and even in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, in this world, hallelujah. We're also going to have it in the world to come, but we also have it right now, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. We are the body of Christ. Amen? We are the body of Christ, the fullness of him that dwelleth all in all. And our mission is simple, just to be the body of Christ. In Ephesians 2, 6, it says, And hath raised us up together, and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ. 3.10 says that the intent that now unto all principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Heavenly places that's used here in the book of Ephesians simply means the abode of God. It implies power. Everybody say power and eternity. Hallelujah. I want you to know that if you're baptized in Jesus' name, repented of your sins, and, and filled with the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, that you have power on this earth. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him you've got power. That's why we're admonished not to look around at the things of this world because those things are just going to be, they're temporal. Amen. Second Corinthians tells us, for which cause we, we faint not, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is for a moment, worketh in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal. They're not going to last. But the things that are not seen are eternal, heavenly places. Don't allow yourselves to get caught up into this world. Amen? This world is coming down. Hallelujah. Don't get caught up in the things. Amen? Or possessions that are in this world. They're temporal. And the Bible says that our light affliction, which is for but a moment, talks about our life being just a vapor. We're here today and we're gone tomorrow. Amen. Decide, hallelujah, while others delay. Amen. You need to decide that you're just going to live for Jesus. Keep your eyes set upon him because those things are eternal. They're going to last forever. 2 Corinthians tells us this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
right now they're become new when we become born again all things have become new hallelujah we become a new creature in Christ yes we're gonna have a new body when we get there but we are all things in our lives have become new right now hallelujah to the wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their sins unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you we pray you in Christ's stead in behalf, in behalf of Christ he's saying we're praying you that you be reconciled to God amen for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him what I'm trying to get simply across to us is that we have the power today to overcome sin amen we have the power to live for God and I think we spend most of our times beating ourselves up over our faults and mistakes and trying to live the right way and that we miss the whole point in that God understands that we have this treasure that's in an earthen vessel and that you're not going to be perfect nobody's going to be perfect hallelujah but we just need to shake that off you get up every day his mercies are new every morning and you say God let me live for you and walk for you and be an ambassador for you in this old world and that's why because we have that power today amen that's why you can be healed today you don't have to wait amen till we get to heaven to be healed you can be healed today you can be delivered today hallelujah you can be forgiven today you don't have to wait the power's here God's already come hallelujah he's in the world hallelujah and he's alive and well through the church the body of Christ and we are the soldiers in God's army hallelujah Jesus told his disciples through a parable he said occupy till I come and that doesn't mean just holding the fort to get inside lock the doors and just try to hang on amen but it means to take action and to execute hallelujah you need to go home and you need or do it today or wherever you want to do it you need to rebuke the enemy you need to rebuke the devil in Jesus name stop living with your sickness amen you can rebuke him from your finances you can rebuke him from your health you can rebuke him from your mind hallelujah because God is God hallelujah Jesus is the Almighty God aren't you thankful for that and when we praise him he inhabits the praises of his people now this is Palm Sunday right and this is where they got the palm branches and Jesus got on the donkey and he rode into Jerusalem and they begin to worship him Palm Sunday everybody got a palm I want you just to wave the palm to Jesus right now can you just wave it to him and just lift up your voice and say I praise you Jesus I praise you mighty God hallelujah 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 glory and honor and praises to your name Jesus hallelujah hallelujah <clears throat> now the Pharisees saw that and they're in the world they're the worldly ones right and they come and they see this and they say stop stop this stop it and Jesus said 
I couldn't stop it even if I wanted to. I'm put paraphrasing this. He said that it's, it is the time that people recognize who I am. Hallelujah. And if these should hold their peace, the rocks would cry out because this has to take place. You've got to praise him. Hallelujah. Because he's worthy. He's all powerful. He's the almighty. Hallelujah. And we need to understand uh, that we have him living within us. We've got the power. I said, we've got the power. We need to decide. We need to decide to praise him while others delay. They're just holding back a little bit. But I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've already decided. I predetermined it. And the Bible says that not even the gates of hell are going to prevail against the church. Amen. I'm glad he didn't say it like this. I'm glad he said, you know, the devil can't prevail against the gates of the church. Because that means the devil's coming against the church, right? And we got the, the gates up there and he can't get in. But no, he said, the devil, the kingdom of, of hell cannot prevail against the church. Hallelujah. In other words, it doesn't matter where the devil tries to set up his occupancy in your life, in your finances, in your family, no matter where he tries to put a gate up there. I want to remind somebody that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Hallelujah. There's power in the church, but we need to take consistent action to change our lives. Amen. No matter what your past is, amen, you have a spotless future. Think about that. With Christ, you can have a spotless future. We are the only animals that can make a decision, that can make a change of direction in our lives. All other animals live by instinct, but not us, because we were created in the image of God. Hallelujah. And then he put his spirit within us and the power within us to change. Hallelujah. Yesterday does not dictate my future. I can change it. Hallelujah. Our God is a God of mercy. Paul put it like this. He said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I want to encourage somebody this morning that you can overcome, uh, hallelujah, whatever it is that's attacking you. Amen. The devil doesn't have any power over you. You're a child of God. Uh, you're filled with his spirit. Amen. And you just need to say, get thee behind me, Satan. You're a liar. Amen. And the father of it. In Luke chapter 18, we read the parable of the rich ruler and I'm just going to go through here and paraphrase it. But he asked Jesus this question. Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, you know the commandments. And his response was, I've kept these all of my life, even from my youth up. And Jesus said unto him, you lack one thing. He said, come and follow me. Amen. When we look into this uh, parable, we see that this man was just unable. He was unable to give up the earthly things. He was unable to and to think about, you know, the great invitation that Jesus gave to him. Come and follow me. This man asked the universal question. I think we all ask it. What do I need to do to be saved? He had his checklist of good deeds, but Jesus said, you just lack one thing. That's follow me with determination. Sell out everything and 
follow me. In other words, take action. Decide to take action Why others delay. It's not time to look at the masses. God's not going to grade on the curve. The Bible said that he loved that rich uh, ruler, but he didn't. When he, the rich ruler walked away, he said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't have to give up everything to follow me. He didn't change for him. Amen. In other words, the word of God does not change for us. We've got to take the word of God at face value in what it says. Amen. But God's mercies are extended to us that if we fail the word of God, we can get back up. Hallelujah. And we can continue to live for him. It's not a time to trust in our finances, the security of our government. Amen. Psalms 20 tells us some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Trust in God. Amen. A few years back, my dad and I were talking about our old homestead. My father since passed on, but we were talking about it, and I can remember it was uh, my grandparents had bought it, and then after they passed away, my parents had moved in there. But anyway, my grandparents had purchased the lot in this community that was not yet developed yet for $500. And my dad said, he was kind of like kicking himself. I and I couldn't. And these other figures, I'm not sure on their their evangelistic numbers. I'm not sure what they are. But he could have. He said I could have bought a hundred of them, and for fifty thousand dollars, and then sold them ten years later at ten thousand dollars a lot, or one million dollars. Amen. Pretty good opportunity missed out on. In economics, it's called opportunity cost. By definition, it means the loss. Of potential gain from other alternatives when one alternative is chosen. In other words, idle cash balances represent an opportunity cost in terms of lost interest. In other words, if you have your money stuffed in your mattress at home, your opportunity cost is the interest that it could be earning if you had that money in the bank. Amen? But you're putting it there for a reason. I understand. But <laughs> the value a person could have received but passed it up in pursuit of another option. I'm sure every one of us are sitting in here to say, if only I had bought that property way back then. If only I had saved that original Barbie doll in the original box. Amen. I'd be a millionaire right now. If only those are lost opportunities. Amen. But they have what they call the actual cost and the opportunity cost. The actual cost is easy for us to track. If he had bought a hundred of those lots at $500, that would be $50,000. If my math is correct, you can correct me lately, later if it's not. Amen. Opportunity cost is not as easy. There is, it's there because it's lost opportunity because of an indecision or inaction. You're not really sure of the outcome. But we need to decide to act, amen, while others delay. There was no actual cost to my dad by walking away from that, right? There was no actual cost for him just to walk away from that. It didn't cost him anything for him just to walk away. But there was a huge opportunity cost that he lost 
because he didn't. Amen? It's like waiting in line uh, for one hour for a free ice cream cone. How many would do that, wait in line for a free ice cream cone? Nobody in here? See how spoiled we are? We're just so spoiled these days. You could have went in that hour and got you a job. That paid $15 an hour. Or you could have taken that hour and read a book that might have improved your life. So in reality, the ice cream cone wasn't free because of the opportunity that was lost. So be careful on how you choose to spend your time. Because only what we do for Christ is going to have eternal value. Amen. We wouldn't be able to house all the people that have been associated with this church if they understood the opportunity that they're losing by not being here. This place here could not contain it. Amen. Don't be the next one that walks out the back door never to return again. Amen. I already referred to this, but Elijah said in 1 Kings 18 and 21, he came unto all the people and said, how long will you halt between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. But as we delay, the opportunity cost is immense. I know in my life I wished I would have started living for God earlier. Amen. I wish I would have gotten all in a little earlier. Amen. And if you've not been raised in the church, aren't you thankful that you were able to get into the church? And don't you wish you could have got into the church? Amen. And you just want to tell these kids that are raised in the church, you're in the right place. You're blessed. Believe me, don't get your eyes on the world. You're doing the right thing. And it's hard to get them, you know, because that, that world allurement. Amen. And a lot of times we have these great testimonies, you know, and, and, but there have always of people that have been brought out of the world, off, off the bar stool and out of the ditch. Amen. But the real testimonies are these kids that are raised in the church and stay in the church and live for God with everything that they've got. Amen. The power is in a made up mind. The great thing about the kingdom of God is that you can get in anytime. You can choose to get into the kingdom of God today. Amen. There's really no entry point. Yes, if you've not repented of your sins, you need to do that. Be baptized and filled with his spirit. But there's no time. You don't have to prepare yourself for it. You don't have to get yourself cleaned up for it. You can decide today. It's never too late. Amen. We're good at calculating the actual cost, aren't we? We can calculate cost. We can look at the situation and we can say, man, that's going to cost a lot. Because, but the opportunity cost is not as easy to calculate because it involves risk, faith. But it's going to be worth it all. Amen? When we look at the story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17... Again, I'm just going to read down through here for sake of time. But Jesse said unto David his son, Take now thy brethren, uh, take them some corn, take them some bread. They were down there. They were fighting with the Philistines. And the, Jesse said to David, because David was too young to be in the army, Take down to your brothers some corn, some loaves, and, and uh, take some wine to their captain. And to see how your brothers are doing. Go down there and, and assess the situation. So David rose up early in the morning. He ran down there and 
said that he came, he was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. He had come, he, could, he was going to do everything he could. He was going to shout, amen. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, Goliath, they fled from him and they were sore afraid. And the men of Israel saying to David, have you seen this man that has come up? Surely he will defy Israel. Uh, he Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will uh, enrich him with great riches, will give him his daughter and his father's house free in Israel. And David spoke to the men that stood by him saying, what shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine? He wanted to know. He wanted it rehearsed again what would happen. And they told him the same thing. You're going to get great riches. You're going to have his daughter to wife. And your father's house is not going to have to pay taxes anymore. Amen. And he started asking him again and stuff. And, but his oldest brother heard him, spoke unto him. And his uh, Eli's, or whatever, however you say, his anger was kindled against David. And he said, why comest down hither? And why hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? He's trying to bewilder him. Go back to your little sheep. And um, I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, Why have I, what have I done? What have I now done? David just says, what have I done? Is there not a cause? Amen. His brother was getting on him for coming down here and wanting to fight Goliath. He says, is there not a cause? David decided while Israel delayed. While the army delayed, David decided that he was going. And David said unto Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go down and fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You're just a youth and a man of war from his youth. So in, as we look at this little story and we think about the actual cost, the actual cost of it was ridicule from his family. Saul was discouraging him and telling him, You know, you're too young. You're not strong enough. Look at this man. They're doing the actual looking. They're doing the actual surveying of the situation. You can't fight him. You're just a youth. And he's been a mighty warrior since his youth. He said, you just can't do it. And so these were the things that were the actual costs that came up before David. And David could have went home at this point. And it cost him nothing. He could have said, you're right. I'll leave it to you guys. It cost you nothing. But had he done that, the opportunity cost would have been that he would lose the great riches, he would lose the king's daughter to marry, and he would lose that he would be tax-free. Amen? Well, you know the end of the story. David fought and won when he went to the battle in the name of the Lord. And all I'm not trying to say here today, folks, is don't look at the things that are around you. Look at the opportunities that God has given to us, the church. It's going to be worth it all. And we go in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. When we go in the name of the Lord, we're going to be victorious. Amen. Now, you remember the story about the rich young ruler? He finally did give up his riches because he died. <laughs> he finally did give them up. Unless he's still around. He's a couple thousand years old. I don't know. But he did give them up. You can't take the riches with you. You can't take the things of this world with you. Amen. The actual cost for living for Jesus is you'll be hated. 
by all men for my name's sake. That's what he told his disciples. Amen? But we need to realize that if we be overcomers, he said, he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Amen? David defeated Goliath because he went in the name of the Lord. David decided why others delayed. Amen? We need to realize that the preaching of the gospel of Christ is a stumbling block, and it becomes an offense to those that are not in the church. The crucifixion, as we display the crucifixion of Christ, it's a bloody, gruesome thing. You think about the, what we stand upon and where our power lies on. In the natural, it's the blood and this thing where you have to do this awesome uh, crucifixion. And it was in that day, it was where your name would be eliminated from your family. Amen. But we need to realize that Matthew says this, And she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Hallelujah. We need to realize that to the world, as they just look on it in the natural, it's an offensive thing. But the power that we can offer to this world, the power to overcome sin, amen, the power to be delivered from all their situations, amen, is the opportunity that lies before each and every one of us. We need to know, we need to decide who is on the cross, amen, because he rose again, and it's a name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. It was not some second person in a Godhead, but it was God who robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us. You need to realize that. You need to decide that in your heart and in your mind who Jesus was. Jesus was God. Amen. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ. Amen. There's no Trinity. Amen. T.F. Tinney, who was a great United Pentecostal Church preacher, said Satan <clears throat> is described as the father of lies and the son of perdition and the spirit of evil. But we don't refer to the devil as the evil trinity. Amen? We have an understanding of that. Neither do you find the term holy trinity in the Bible. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen you may know and believe me and understand that I am he, Isaiah chapter 43. Before me there is no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Hallelujah. Revelations chapter 4 verse 8, speaking of Jesus and the four beasts which had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Speaking of Jesus, which was and is and is to come. Who's coming again? Jesus. Hallelujah. It's the same God. Hallelujah. Decide who Jesus is while others delay. Amen. Because it was God that gave his all for you. It was God that died for you. Amen. He did not come to condemn you but to save you. But don't just let him be your Lord 
and Savior. You know, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. But is he your God? Hallelujah. Is he your God? Thomas put it this way. And Thomas said, you know, I'm not going to believe unless I see after the resurrection, you know. Thomas, one of the disciples, they were all, uh, the disciples were saying, we saw Jesus. He's arisen. He's alive again. Thomas wasn't there when they saw him. He said, I'm not going to believe unless I can put my finger in his nail-scarred hands and thrust my fist into his side. And Jesus entered one time and into their midst again, and Thomas was there. And Jesus said, come over here, Thomas, and, and see for yourself. And this is what Thomas, uh, Thomas said in John chapter 20, verse 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is God manifested in the flesh. You need to settle that in your mind, decide it. That's why you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus' name. There's no other name. Amen? Praise the Lord. God bless you. Let's all stand this morning. Amen, amen. Can you just make a decision in your heart today that I'm going to live for Jesus? I'm going to follow Jesus. Can we do that right now? God, we love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your precious gospel. We believe in you and trust in you, and we know, Lord, that you're on the throne today. We come to bring you glory, and we make a predetermined decision in our minds and our hearts that we're going to follow you. Thank you, mighty God. Hallelujah.